Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 12. Here's Pastor Ryan. Father, we thank you so much for your love, your grace, and your mercy. There is none like you in all the earth, Lord. You're the one true God. And we give you all the glory and the praise, Lord, that is due your name this evening. Oh, Lord, you are worthy of it all as we sang. And everything we have, you've given to us, Lord, including our lives. You are the God of our salvation. You are our rock. And we pray, Father, to be the men and women that you want us to be. Lord, we believe you have something to say. You always do. Your word doesn't return void. Give us open hearts, Lord. Remove pride and arrogance. Remove the cares of this life from us. And help us just to yield to your spirit tonight. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray and together we say, Amen. Okay, so Second Chronicles chapter 12, as you know, in our story, it's a dark time for the uh, children of Israel. Uh, they have been split in two. They've been divided, and they were divided by the Lord as punishment for the sins of Solomon. Solomon, and as the you know heir of King David, had been given just tremendous wealth, tremendous blessings, and the promise that the Messiah, the Mashiach, Jesus Christ, Yeshua, would one day come from his lineage. The blessings were there for him. And all he had to do was to continue honoring the Lord. But as we know, he multiplied for himself wives and they turned his heart away from the Lord. And he began to set up, you know, pagan worship uh, centers all over uh, Jerusalem and, and Israel. And uh, it really, really was a, a, a sad state for the nation. And so because of that, the Lord split the kingdom. And so Solomon is has died, and his son, King Rehoboam, is the king of the southern kingdom of Judah. That's what it's called in the south. That's that's where the Davidic lineage will stay, in the southern kingdom of Judah with Benjamin there. In the northern kingdom, you have Jeroboam, and Jeroboam was the servant of Solomon. And so when the Lord uh, spoke to Solomon concerning the punishment, the consequence for him, you know, turning away from the Lord, that his servant, the kingdom would actually go to his servant, Jeroboam. And Jeroboam, though, at the time, had to run off and uh, hide in Egypt because Solomon wanted to kill him. But now, Jeroboam is king of the northern uh, kingdom of Israel. So when when we refer to Israel, it's usually the northern kingdom of Israel, and Judah, it's the kingdom of the south. Jeroboam was also promised by the Lord that if he was to honor the Lord, that God would bless his kingdom and do a mighty work in his life that God had also planned to do in King David's life. But Jeroboam chose not to honor the Lord, and so he made two golden calves for the people and led them into apostasy, led them into pagan worship, and said, these are actually the gods that saved you from Egypt. And so... uh, you know the story, all, all of the northern kingdom, 
just followed suit and they stopped going south to Jerusalem for the feast. However, the Levites and the priests still wanted to honor God. So they went down to the southern kingdom so that they can continue to honor the Lord and worship him in Jerusalem. No matter how dark times are, no matter how dark nations are, thank God that there's always a remnant of people who still love the true living God. And that is you and that is me here in California, right? We're here in this this state that needs us to be a remnant, to be light, to be salt. And so um, we know what it's like. And so there's a remnant there as well. They went down south to Jerusalem. And here we are south of Sacramento. (laughs) And so uh, verse 1, it says, Now it came to pass when Rehoboam and um, had established the kingdom and had strengthened himself that he forsook the law of the Lord and all Israel along with him. And so, like I said, very dark times. The northern kingdom's in darkness. Now the southern kingdom is in darkness as well. And we just read that when Rehoboam had established the kingdom and he strengthened himself, he forsook the Lord. We read last week that Rehoboam had set up 15 fortified cities around his kingdom in Judah. Fortified cities in case the northern kingdom came to attack, he wanted to be ready. So he set up these fortified cities. He uh, strengthened, he fortified the strongholds, and he put, you know, valiant captain soldiers to oversee those 15 cities. And he stocked them with storehouses, with food, with grain, oil, everything that they needed. That's what he did. He strengthened those 15 cities. And if you think about the wealth that he must have had as the heir of King Solomon, we read how wealthy King Solomon was during his time. That all got handed over to King Rehoboam, his son. During King Solomon's time, Silver and gold was so plentiful that it, that gold and silver were as common as the stones in Jerusalem. So he, he had wealth. He has these fortified cities and this prosperity and this strength that he experienced, it caused Rehoboam to become prideful in his own mind. Somehow he forgot in that prosperity and that strength that it was God all along that was his fortification, that it was God all along that had built up his family, that built up his grandfather from watching sheep to becoming the king of Israel. It was God that had blessed him. It was God's grace. It was God's goodness. It wasn't him. But yet, like often with prosperity and blessings, it's easy to get laxed, it's easy to become complacent and get comfortable and to stop seeking the Lord as we once did. You may be thinking to yourself, well, I don't have that kind of problem because I'm waiting on blessings and I'm waiting on, on, on grace to be poured out on me and I don't have much or whatever. You just keep following the Lord. He's a God who blesses and eventually is You and I are obedient in the little things, as King David was when he was a young lad. He eventually accumulated so many blessings he couldn't count them. 
And, it's the, and such is the same way for Christians. As we walk with the Lord, eventually the blessings begin to pour into our lives. As we grow in maturity with the Lord, as you and I grow in maturity, he gives us more blessings and we're able to be responsible with them as we're faithful in the little things. But we need to be careful when God blesses and prosperous us. Be encouraged and be blessed that if you honor the Lord in your life and you walk close with the Lord, yes, you'll have trials. Yes, you'll have persecution. Yes, you'll have hardships. But God is going to bless the work of your hands. He's going to bless your home. and bless your flowers, your, your gardens. I mean, it's amazing how things flourish in the Lord. And, you, you know, you know, forbid, God forbid we think it's our green thumb. Maybe he's just blessing. The rain comes from him. The knowledge he gives us to take care of our stuff, it all comes from him. I love what John the Baptist said, you know, when they told him, you know, the one that you said is greater than you is baptizing on, you know, the other section of the Jordan and, and everyone's going to him. And he goes, a man can receive nothing unless it's been given to him by God. Like John the Baptist understood his ministry was given to him by God. And like, I understand that, but I got to keep understanding that until he takes me home one day. But all of us have to understand that everything that we possess, everything that is good and pleasant that you have received, that you have, you have received it from the Lord. Everything, everything you have. If you don't believe that, then, you know, we pray that you do. Because as believers, we understand. We look back at our lives and we think, wow, he really did provide all those years. He really was taking care of me. You know, it wasn't like who gave you the energy for the job? Who gave you the, the car to drive there? Who, get, who gave you the words in that interview? Who gave you the, 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 who hired you? The Lord was over all of that. You can receive nothing unless it's been given to you by God. And if you know that, and we know that, then we're going to be careful when he blesses. We need to be careful. Let's say you get the house. Let's say you get the business. Let's say you get the job. Let's say you get the relationship you wanted. Let's say you get the family that you always wanted. You get the inheritance. You can get the vacations. You can buy whatever you want, whatever you need. You get the ministry that you wanted. But when these things come, the warning in Rehoboam's life is that it's easy to get lax and complacent. This is why the Christian life is about discipline. If we're disciplined when, when we have little, we'll be disciplined when we have more. If you seek the Lord when you have little, You'll seek him when you have a medium, and you'll seek him when you have a lot. And that's why we always preach, be in the word, be in prayer, be disciplined. Come on Sundays, come on Wednesdays, come when we're open. Uh, you know, be faithful, be obedient to what God is telling you to do. It's the only way to growth and blessings. But if you're, but he's watching, he's watching every step that we do on our journey, and he watches, and, and it's his program, it's his standards that he says, if you are faithful in the little things, then I will give you more. But, what, but if you're not, what you think you have, I'll take from you. 
You know, it's not enough if we just confess our lives to Christ that we're Christians, but we don't do nothing and we're not being discipled and we're not growing, we're not drinking the word, the, the milk of the word every day, then, you know, that's really on us. How can we expect God to give more, more understanding? I read the Bible and, you know, I've been teaching it for 18 years of my life and I, and I think I'm so confused sometimes. Because I got to go back to the well and he's got to teach me again. And he's got to, it's just, it's just, he just gives more and more as you go and you go and you go. We need to be careful when he blesses and he pours out his grace. If you're careful now, be ready for the blessings and the grace. They're coming. Don't get lax. Be disciplined. We must learn to seek God in the times of blessings and prosperity. I like what Chuck Smith used to say. Learn to receive, what did he say? Receive grace graciously. And it's weird to get blessed and, you know, to, to learn it from, from a kid who came from no blessings to just, you know, the term I have for where my wife comes from is pretty world, you know, Orange County, pretty world, where things are pretty. And, uh, Ken Graves actually said when I think Olive was born, he said, well, she's going to grow up in pretty world. And it's true because God takes us from maybe never having blessings, never having support, never having that solid family to then making the fatherless a father to kids and in ministry. Isn't that crazy? Psalm 62, verse 10 says, If riches increase, do not set your heart on them. If riches increase, don't set your heart on them. Our heart is to be in God no matter what. And I'll tell you, it's a, frankly, it's a weird experience. It's weird to, to be praying for years to go full-time, and then you become full-time as a pastor, where you can literally leave Caltrans after 19 and a half years with all the good uh, benefits that the state carries with it, to leave that, to do this, is a dream come true. And it's weird because then I get to, okay, now that you got it, be careful not to lose it. <laughs> you know, be a good guy. Walk with God. So I got to try, and, and all of us here in, in our own way have been blessed in something. You know, you don't mess it up. You keep walking with God as you always have. In fact, we should be increasing in our faith in Christ and in our obedience with them as we grow anyways. We always should be going in an upward trajectory. And with that, the blessings comes, the blessing comes. But when we plateau and we don't seek him, I totally believe God's like, okay, I'll wait. You can pray all you want. We don't do for him. Why should he do for us? And there's grace. And sure enough, he blesses even when we don't deserve it. But generally, he wants us to move. My Bible says we have to be active. If we're not, we just plateau and we're just like nothing happening. The good thing about it is we can repent and say, okay, I'm sorry. And here's my organizer, my schedule, my whatever, my calendar. You, whatever you want me to do. 
If riches increase, do not set your heart on them. Don't trust in houses, in money, in stocks and bonds, retirements, uh, many guns, <laughs> ammunition, or the strength of men, or the size of your army. Trust in the Lord. That's what the Bible teaches us. Trust in the Lord. Isaiah 31, verse 1, the prophet Isaiah says, Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help. We know Egypt is a picture of the world, the old life. Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help. Woe to Christians when they go to the world to find help for their soul. What's a doctor going to do for you when you tell them, My soul hurts? You go to Jesus. Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help and rely on horses and trust in chariots because they are many and in horsemen because they are very strong. But who do not look to the Holy One of Israel nor seek the Lord? Woe to those who do not look to the God of Israel nor seek the Lord. This blesses my heart. Keep God as your defense. Rehoboam set it all up. He thought he had his defense tied down. God is our defense. In Psalm 16, verse 8, the psalmist writes, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. I shall not be moved because I have set the Lord before me. That's Psalm 16, verse 8. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand and I shall not be moved. In Psalm 91, verses 1 and 2 and 3, I think, I put down here, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. I love that. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. What is his truth but his word? His word shall be our shield and our butler. Our weapons of defense, our strong tower is the word of God. It says here that when King Rehoboam had established the kingdom and had strengthened himself that he forsook the law of the Lord. Don't let it happen. Don't forsake it. Love it. Go through it. Study it. That's what Calvary chapels are known for. That's who we are. We go through the whole Bible. We studied it. We're, we're a Bible people. That's who we are. We don't just hold it or carry it to church. We actually read through it because the word of God is our defense. It is our shield and our, and our buckler. In Proverbs Chapter 3, verse 1 and 2 says, My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. There is nothing in this world, and I mean nothing, that can give my heart peace like the word of God. There is nothing that can remove anxiety, worry, and doubt and depression like the word of God. I would die without the word of God. The word is everything. The Bible says that anxiety in the heart causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. It is the word of God that makes us glad. So don't forget it. He forsook the law of the Lord. 
Don't forget, don't forsake Bible study. Don't don't forsake it. Come on, we're here on Tuesday. We're here every Tuesday now. We're here, us men on Tuesday, sisters on, on Thursday. We're here together on Wednesdays. We're here on Sundays. We're doing it. It's happening. And it came and it happened in the fifth year of King Rehoboam that Shishak, not Shake Shack. There I am thinking of food again. King Shake Shack. <laughs> oh gosh. Who's eating that Shake Shack? Right? They're fantastic. Anyways. King Rehoboam, in his fifth year of reign, King Shishak of Egypt came up against Jerusalem because they had transgressed against the Lord with 1,200 chariots, 60,000 horsemen, and people without number who came with him out of Egypt, the Lebim, the, the, the Lebim uh, and the uh, Sukim and the Ethiopians. And he took the fortified cities of Judah and came to Jerusalem. And so King uh, Shishak the first was also known as King Sheshonk. I'm not kidding, Sheshonk. She and then Shonk with a K at the end. He ruled from 935 BC to 914 BC. This was the king that had taken in Jeroboam when he was running for his life from King Solomon. When the prophet had promised Jeroboam, you're going to be king of the northern kingdom and the ten tribes of Israel. And if you do good, God will bless you. And if you don't, he won't. And so he took off running because Solomon heard, hey, Jeroboam has been promised that he's going to be king. So he takes off to Egypt. And it was this king, Shishak, that uh, received him, where, where Solomon received asylum. So uh, no doubt when he was there, not being a fan of King Solomon, he most likely told uh, King uh, Shishank that, all about the wealth of King Solomon. All about the happenings. All about the, the gold and the silver being as plenteous as the stones. All about the temple, everything. And so now, because of uh, the transgression of uh, Rehoboam turning from the Lord, God is removing his divine defense, which in reality, that has always been the real defense of Israel, God's divine hand. Amen? And yours and, my, and my, yours and my real defense in this life is in our houses, our money, our stocks, our retirement, our guns, our money, our ammunition. It's the Lord. It's the Lord. I guess... Rehoboam's fortified cities weren't that great. What happened? The Egyptians just strolled in there with all these other mercenaries. What happened to his strength, and his confidence in himself? Gone. Because the things that we possess or the amount of people around us isn't our strength. Our strength is God. Psalm 33 verse 16 through 19 says, No king is saved by the multitude of an army. A mighty man is not delivered by great strength. A horse is a vain hope for safety. Neither shall it deliver 
any by its great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his mercy to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine and in a recession. And whoever else is in the White House, it doesn't matter. God keeps you. Amen? I wonder how many enemies are kept at bay in our lives that we do not even know. I mean, Jesus created all things seen and unseen. I mean, how many times has Satan asked for you and I or his minions? Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We adore.